everybody and welcome to in today's special guest the show where we interview someone from the Smodown sphere whether that be a competitor a manager person in charge we haven't done that yet or a fellow Smodown after show person like ourselves i'm your host Anna McKeg. i'm joined as always by luke studded right over there and joining us today as our special guest he is qui-gon jake the host or one of the four main hosts of A Certain Point of View. He is Jake Berlin. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for the invite. Uh, I feel a little bit of a special uh, feeling being that I am the first after show person to be on this show. So uh, thank you guys for the invite, of course. No, thank you so much for saying yes to this invite. (laughs) No, no worries, guys. No worries. Well, we wanted to uh, talk to you for one because we really respect your show. I, it was one of the shows that we first started watching that honestly got us more into the after shows. And honestly, on the tech side, I could tell you were running a lot of that tech tech side of stuff, and it was like, oh, I need to learn this stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, I, I've been doing it for a while. Uh, I do all the so my. I come from a very athletic background and Hmm. I come from a coaching background as well. And so it was always my kind of uh, just thing to where I would take on as much as I possibly can to make everybody around me, their lives a lot easier. Uh, And that transferred over into the podcast world, Uh, not just POV, but also uh, another channel that I run. And so I take care of it all that way. Everyone can just, jump in and be as best as they can be with conversation and not have to worry about anything else. So I'll take all the stress. (laughs) My life. (laughs) Hey, Luke, you have the stress when it comes to the technical aspect, when it comes to answering the question for the reactions, that's my stress. (laughs) (laughs) But now the, the tech side of stuff, I've really, I've thought it's been very well. What, what got you into the YouTube space to begin with? Uh, it's, it's a very interesting story. I, so I've, I've always been a big movie person. Um, and I've watched movies my entire life came from my dad. My dad and I used to go to movies on Sundays. And then as I got older, uh, as my baseball career kind of, uh, dwindled down, I ended up getting hurt in college and had a lot of free time during rehab and stuff like that. And so I started writing reviews for movies, just like on my own time. Um, and I used the Rotten Tomatoes Flickster app is what I was writing on initially. Um, and that, I think that might be gone by now. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, And then I was in school and I found out my English teacher actually writes rev- wrote reviews for a movie review website. And so she started like looking over my reviews that I was writing. Um, and then I eventually started a blog where I posted my reviews and funny enough, my two good buddies who I run Apocryphlix with Jacob and Geo, I met them and we can get into this story at some point, but I met them in a very shockingly interesting way. And they had been running their own little thing as far as a YouTube channel. Uh, and we found out we lived in the same exact area and they invited me on as a co-host. And then uh, eventually we blended together and, it's all kind of history from there. That was like six, seven years ago, maybe. A long time. Oh ago. wow! So you yeah. were, you came in early, you think? I've I've been here. Let's see. I so it all started. I don't know if you guys know what it's called, but do you guys remember AMC Movie Talk? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So we so Geo Jacob and I uh, we were big fans of that. We met hmm. at 
a party that they had held, um, oh, the wow. AMC 100 Million Views Club in LA. Uh, they oh. they invited fans and Jacob and Gio. So we live in Northern California. That was obviously down in Southern California. They were standing directly in front of me in line, and I had never met them before. Uh, and we got to talking. We hung out the rest of the night, and from there on out, it kind of just blossomed into. Uh, a YouTube channel. We grew. We changed our name, and now we've been going strong for five, six years together as a group. Uh, but I've been doing movie stuff for a long time, writing reviews. We ran a website for a long time with movie news and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. How come you no longer do the website? Time, time is a very <laughs> hard thing. Uh, we we figured out, and we loved writing. Um, I loved writing news articles and, and whether it was about trailers or new images or an announcement of a new film, even like editorials and stuff. But we just figured like, you know, YouTube was becoming a thing where a lot more stuff was happening on the video side of it, podcasting side of it. It was an easier way for us to get our voices out there when you have a recording or a video of that. Uh, but also we were never going to be a website that broke news. And so it was already gonna have. It was already gonna be a very hard time for us to attract people to our website uh, because they're gonna go to places like Deadline, Collider, like all these other places before even ours is even on a blip on their radar. Um, and we just loved the creative side of video a little bit more. Uh, we wanted to venture into it. It was it it was a outlet for us to all three at the time, the three of us, uh, be able to converse together rather than just one person write an article. Uh, but like I said, time was a big thing. The three of us were in college at the time. School was a precedence. And it's hard to, in the middle of a 10.30 a.m. class, when a Marvel movie is announced, <laughs> stop what you're doing and write a news article. So uh, we had to make the decision to focus a little bit more on YouTube. And ultimately, it was the best decision. So. Yeah, That's I under how I'm feeling about trailer reactions. Yeah, I, I understand that because... I was following AMC also around, might have been late high school, early college years for me, but I remember like wanting to do something similar to that, and I would want to write stuff and all that, but when you're in the middle of a class and like suddenly you get in a, like, a little blip on your phone, oh, they just announced this movie, you're like, can't do yep. anything. Yep. It's, it's difficult, and when there's websites that have people who are paid to literally on the second drop an article. It's, it's very hard to do that, you know, and the best way to do it is just like I started. And uh, if you're interested in writing, the best way to do it is do something on your own, make it a portfolio essentially for the public. And then if you're interested in writing, send it to someone of the big websites that are doing that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's your opportunity of getting in. Um, I've always said that if I had the opportunity to write like that for a website, I would but it's very difficult to do so being that a lot of them don't hold interviews. It's more so who, you know, what they see, et cetera. So. Yeah. It's about the growth of your content, starting small and exactly. going big. Look, I work, I work in the news industry, so I know ex exactly how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we had kind of mentioned that maybe one time doing a website maybe, but the more I've dove into it, it's the more money I don't want to spend. <laughs> Mm. It's I, I I loved it. And honestly, I told my my crew, the Apocalypse crew, I had always said to them, you know, I would choose the website over the podcasting side of it. Oh, wow. uh, now, again, that was like that was probably three, four years ago. Um, 
I, I enjoy writing. I really do. Writing has always kind of been a passion of mine. Um, I'm able to speak a lot more fluent and uh, kind of like me through writing than I am on a podcast form. And I don't know why it just fits with me a little bit more. Uh, but over time, I've become much more comfortable being on camera, doing the shows. Uh, it's a lot more fun interaction. And so now I would take the podcast over the website. But back then when I was constantly doing it every day, uh, there was something about sitting down and writing an article for 30 minutes and getting your piece out there and everyone reading what you're writing um, compared to maybe someone else. Hmm. Well, my, my expertise, if you could call it expertise, um, is I'm not a great writer. I'm okay at talking, so that's why I talk a lot. But it's more the art side of it. So when you see that's graphics I and stuff, I, I yep. love the arts, the tech and the art side. My my career, I'm an engineer. Nice. So I have to be creative. And so this stuff, I love this stuff. Yeah. It's everything else that's up in this. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy that too. For, for all the shows that we do, outside of our main graphics, which I get done by uh, Brian Ward, who does Schmodown stuff, yeah. has done both Apocalypse and POV for me. Um, and then I also have a gentleman named Boomstick uh, TV. Uh, who I met through Molly and Alex, who has done some things for us as well. Outside of the main logos that we have, I do all the overlays and I play around. And I remember going through the phase that you guys are currently in where <laughs> you start and you never really feel like you have found your look yet, right? It's yeah. it's always a over it's always a changing look. And we went through multiple iterations of thumbnails and colors and uh, I mean, it took us a long time to even start video. Like we were doing just audio for a long time. And um, I, I totally get that. That's how my brain works too. I I love the graphic side of it. If I could, if I'd go back in time, I would absolutely go to school to be a graphic designer. Uh, that's, yeah. that's my thing. I sit around, I play on Photoshop constantly. Uh, I make all the logos for all my buddy's shows. Um, so it's definitely where I, I kind of line as well. I feel you on that. Oh yeah. It's, it, what's been fun and what's been interesting getting to this point, the point that we're at right now is a lot farther than when we first started. When we first started, we were literally a zoom. We literally video ourselves on zoom. Yeah. And then uh, it's the funniest step by step by step by step. And then now where we're at, I'm probably the closest to where we want to be than we ever have been. Especially now that we're on Streamyards, I, I did not realize how easy StreamYards was. Yep. So when when asking about YouTube, like your podcast and stuff, which one is your favorite to do? Apocalypse or? Oh, Game that's Game? that's just uh, <laughs> that, that, I, I can't I can't answer that. So what, it's, what's the more interesting? What's the more interesting well, to I, go about? They they really are. They they're both incredible. They're so interesting together because they're so different from each other. Yeah. Um, I get a very, so Apocalypse is, it's been my home for a very long time. Uh, Jacob Geo and myself have built something and then we ended up bringing Brian and Keith in later on down the line. And we built something as a little group that, you know, we don't get thousands of views. We get maybe a hundred or a couple hundred every so often. Our trailer reactions get a lot of good views. Oh um, yeah, I saw that the other day. Yeah, we, we, we've been doing trailer reactions for a long time, but our main shows, like, you know, we're not, we're not there to get a thousand views. We've always told ourselves it's more of an outlet for us uh, 
than it is people watching. And we have our core value, uh, our, our core crew that comes in and watches our shows on a regular basis. And that's that's who we like to talk to. And, you know, if one day it hits and it becomes something, that's awesome. But we're not aiming for that. Uh, it's it's the movie side that I love. I love talking. I love talking about, you know, hypothetical, hypothetical stuff with Marvel or, you know, Star Wars is my passion or arguing with someone that Tron Legacy is a perfect movie or, you know, like I just love <laughs> doing you. that. Thank I just love you. doing that. It's it's a perfect movie. It's perfect. Movie. I wouldn't yeah, say it's perfect. Oh, it I would say it's, it's, it's really good. Movie. It's a perfect movie. Okay. And you're not you're not coming at me for that. It's a perfect movie. Look, I'm not. I'm saying it's a good movie. I enjoy. It. Look, when it came out, I was one of the few people that actually enjoyed it when it came out. But I it's don't perfect. know. It's perfect. All right, it's I'm not touching perfect. it anymore. <laughs> um, but and then on the flip side, POV is look. It's all schmodown. It's I I'm lucky enough to be one of a, a group of people that has been around since the very beginning. I watched Mosno back way back before they even joined AMC. I've been with with Mark and Christian for a very long time. Oh, wow. Uh, I followed them over to AMC. Uh, I was already watching AMC, but then they blended together. And I've watched the Schmodown literally from season one until now. And so uh, I've been able to experience all the ups and downs and the evolution that it's gone through. And then being able to talk to it with people that I enjoy talking to um, on a daily basis. And I, it's it's very hard for some people to understand when we say this on our show, but the four of us literally talk all day, every day. Like it's, we have created this little family uh, that isn't just about Schmodown. Like we talk about random things that pop up in the world or things that are coming down the line. Obviously Schmodown as well, movie stuff, TV, what we're watching, you know, food that we cook, like animals we see around like the, the neighborhood like it's it's all different things and um so I, I can't i can't choose one it's very hard to choose one uh, i will just say that i'm very thankful to have both because it's never the same and that's yeah. when for me i can't do the same thing over and over and over again uh it's not because i get bored but i just need something new like and refreshing every single time that's just how my brain works I have to be able to have a unique perspective and um, have something new to talk about almost every time that we're on camera. And luckily with the Schmodown, there's plenty of content. And same thing with the movie universe, right? The, like with Apocalypse, we can come up with any kind of topic that we want to and talk about it. Uh, yeah. It could be something from 50 years ago or something from, I don't know, five minutes ago. So I, I enjoy them both and I'm very lucky to have them both. So you were saying that you followed Schmozno and AMZ for the longest time. Did those shows sort of help the way you looked at movies? And when you, whenever you would go to Apocaflix and you were just like, those shows help you. Like, you, I hope you're able to understand what I'm, what I no, can't you, articulate. Yo, you, you're exactly right. It we so we didn't model Apocaflix directly after what they were doing, but. We started Apocalypse and what it was because of AMC Movie Talk. That that was so when we first started, uh, it was when you know the the YouTube boom was happening with movie news. And again, we never expected to be like, oh, like they're gonna go to Apocalypse for all the news and everything. But we modeled our shows after what they were doing, right? We wanted to have like concepts and kind of segments of the shows, and we had a Star Wars podcast for a very long time. Uh, that ran close to 200 episodes. We had a comic book show 
Um, we did a lot of different things that were very much modeled after what we had experienced with AMC. Um, we knew that eventually we found out that we had to create something on our own and have a unique perspective, a unique style that was different. But yeah, I mean, a lot of our inspiration came from what they were doing because it's what it, it's what started this really big boom of movie news on YouTube. The, the, the daily 30 minute show that it eventually turned into an hour uh, and, and all the evolution that it went through over time. But Monday through Friday, movie news for 30 minutes, running down the topics like we, we were never going to do a daily show, but we wanted to do something weekly. We wanted to talk about movie news on our own and we modeled it after what they were doing, but in our own little way. Uh, it's become something much different now. It's it's you know, it's funny. YouTube has gone through a <laughs> lot of different variations as far as style. Um, there's the short form boom, then there's the long form boom. There's all these different styles that YouTube kind of goes through, and I think finally, right before COVID, we we kind of found like our uh, our place, if you will, in what we wanted to be. Um, we wanted to be an hour length show hour plus we wanted to go once a week for sure on a main show and then we wanted to have a little side show uh whether it be star wars comic books or we have a show called the casting table which is a fan casting show which is what we've stuck with and then um we we do a little show called the movie watching challenge where we challenge each other to watch movies we've never seen before um and it's a great way for us to be able to continue to get movie reviews on the channel uh, but inside of our show, like we don't shoot eight minute movie reviews because unless again, unless you're someone like Dan Merle or Chris Stuckman, nobody's going to be watching those reviews like they're not, you know, they're going to be going to the people who are getting there early to see those movies. And so yeah. it took us a long time to understand that. And so what we have done is created stuff to where we can plant all of that inside the shows we already have as segments and it still allows us to talk about them, but in a different way, rather than being like, I like this, this, and this, you should go see it. It's much more discussion-based, and it allows us, the five of us, to really get our opinions out there and show people like, okay, these guys aren't afraid to argue a point, or they're not afraid to express their love for something, or or this or that. And, and it took us a very long time to do that. But luckily for now, um, we've really found our groove uh, we've been on a very consistent basis. We're starting to understand it. We have team meetings once a, once a month with each other, and it's it's been great. And a lot of that really does have to do with AMC Collider, uh, what they're doing with SCN now, and a lot of other channels as well that we watched as we were kind of growing. Do you miss those Collider days where they had the movie talk? Do you miss those, I, those shows in the So past? I, miss, I miss Collider up to a point is mm. what I'll say. Um, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I collider collider fell very fast for me at one point. Uh, not yeah. just because of the most recent changes right before COVID of letting a bunch of creators go, which I think that was, was a huge mistake on their part. Um, yeah. and letting, letting go of shows that have been around for a very, very long time. Um, and people that I had met again at that party where I first really started this whole YouTube thing, I met Dennis Zen and, uh, Christian oh, wow. Harloff and hmm. Maude Garrett and Mark Ellis and John Schnepp. And I met all of them there at that party and seeing the Rokas and, and all these creators let go from Collider. I understand what they're going for, but I miss Collider up to a point where 
they had the movie talk that wasn't trying to be so unique compared to what it like you if you can change things but you also still have to remember who you were at one point right yeah. mm-hmm. at one point movie talk forgot who it who it was and yeah. that's yeah. when it lost me um i was a huge collider live fan i watched every single episode uh and i'm not afraid to say that once christian left um and then when roxy and Dorina stepped in i loved it but then the the channel itself kind of shifted and it lost me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I do miss the MC days. I really do. Jedi Council, AMC Movie Talk, and that crew. Uh, it was a very special crew with that that specific group. You know, uh, Mira Jedikin, Alicia Malone, and all that crew. And I was uh, lucky enough to meet all them. But I, I did follow them until Collider, and I watched them for a very long time. But at some point, they did lose me because it just shifted and it became something a little bit different than what I wanted. Do you? watch anything from collider now because honestly i've uh, i've thought of unsubscribing uh so i actually i unsubscribed when all of the uh firings did happen uh and it wasn't because of them letting them go is because of the way that it happened uh and i don't have any stakes in it like i don't no no i'm not involved in it exactly but i i didn't feel like it was right the way that it all happened that you know, someone like John Rocco, who's been around that office for years, was just let go out of the blue, not a face to face, like nothing. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it just happened. Like it was literally like yeah. Thanos just snapped and it just happened. Yeah. Right? And it yeah. and it didn't help that afterwards Jack Hind had to open his mouth about it. It's, and that was a big issue as well. Um, I will say that I still watch, uh, I still watch Perry on Collider Ladies Night. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Perry. Um, and then when Coy does when Perry and Coy used to do their show together as well, yeah, I don't know I like if it's still happening one. or not, but no. I did watch that as well. Um, but I'm not subscribed anymore. I, I, I look for it through their specific channels, their personal Twitters and stuff. No, I, I can completely understand. I was in the same boat. Um, the, the only movie news per se that I watch, cause I, I, I don't really count the big thing as movie news because it's kind of its own thing. Yeah, I guess John Campia. I still watch it some. Um, it's it's I I like getting some type of movie news. I just I do miss the collider format. So do I. So do I. But in saying that, um, where, where, what types of genres do you find yourself attracted to when it comes to movies? Sci-fi fantasy is my go-to. I will watch everything that comes out sci-fi fantasy. I'm a sucker for it. Uh, you know, the the Planet of the Apes movies, the Mad Max movies, Tron, I mentioned it, John Carter, you know, uh, just uh, Ex Machina. I mean, just Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, like just Arrival. Like I, I can keep going and going and going. And that's like Dune is one of the most ex- anticipated oh, movies in my so entire good. life. Uh, one of my, Denis Villeneuve is... Uh, and I might be pronouncing the last name wrong. I'm not sure. Um, but, I think it's Delview, uh, I think. Yeah, d- yeah, something. And something. I don't mean to butcher it, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's hard to say sometimes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, sci-fi fantasy. But honestly, I'll watch anything. I, I watch pretty much everything that comes out. I'll watch uh, foreign language films. Martial arts have become a, a, a genre that I really enjoy. Obviously, uh, the big blockbusters like the Marvels and the Star Wars are are also a big part of my life. Um in the apocalypse world, I'm typically the one that goes towards indies. 
I really enjoy watching indie films uh, and finding the, the niche films that a lot of people don't see. Um, the smaller stories, the perfect example would be something like the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, oh, and I know that got a wide release and a, and a lot of, it got a lot of praise, but I remember watching that when it first came out and a lot of people were not talking about it. Um, but if I had to go to, if I had to go to, it's definitely sci-fi fantasy. Uh, I'm also a sucker for war films and sport movies. Uh, coming from a baseball background, sport movies are always kind of a go-to as well. Um, and I, I said this a lot as well, but also movies that have a mythological background to them. Uh, that have that have a story, um, you know, some kind of history uh, that you just kind of can can get entranced in. Uh, that that always seems to bring me in as well. So you, if the Percy Jackson movies had been better, I actually <laughs> don't mind the Percy Jackson movies, but I never read the books. See, that's uh, the problem. So, you didn't read the and book. so I have, and I tell everyone this, I actually, and it's not because I don't read books. I, I audiobook, um, I audiobook Dune. I audiobook all the Star Wars books, but I don't read books before they come out because I want the movie experience personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like for Dune, for example, I stopped reading it when the movie was officially announced because I want the movie experience. I don't want to know going in what's going to happen. And then if that doesn't happen, have to critique the movie to the book, because I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to lock a director into author's words. And the perfect example would be the hunger game movies, right? Uh, I've never read the books, but everyone I talk to says the books are so much better to me. It's like, that's fine, but why can't the movies do what they want to do itself? Yeah. And, and that's why I don't read them because I want to be able to differentiate too. Um, and then eventually once I see the movies, I'll go back and read and be like, okay, cool. That's, that's good or not. So, yeah, my sister's the same way with the Harry Potter franchise, though. She loves the movies as well. She very much prefers the book. And she's even told me her least favorite Harry Potter movie was the third one because of how different it (gasps) was from the book. I I agree, but it's it's the best Harry Potter movie. It yes, is the best Harry Potter movie. Yes, it is. But she disliked it because of how different it was from the book, and she read the books way before the movies came out. So, see, I, I don't want to live by those standards. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to live by like, like say, say I read Dune, and say I don't know, just for the hell of it, let's say Oscar Isaac's character dies, right? And I don't know if he does. I've never read Dune. Don't, don't <laughs> me kill either, me if he does. No, uh, no spoilers. The, the um, Dune fans will come yeah, after you. They're going to come at me. But like, like say a franchise that way. I know, right? Uh, say, say he does die. And then in the movie, he doesn't. Like, I don't want to have to be like, well, he should have died. No, like I want to be able to watch the movie as that creator, that director wants to tell that story and i'm okay with that like if it's different it's different i've always said you know and it's the same thing i say with disney animation films we have those animated movies for a reason directors are allowed to change things because they're a different thing we're allowed Mm -hmm. like we are we already have that let's get something new and different and the same thing can be from books to movies i don't see the problem in telling something a little different uh when it comes to to stories on the big screen honestly I'll agree with you on the dis like just going off the Disney side of things. I've noticed with the Disney live action movies, they are actually better when they change things than when they try yep. and keep to the script. 
I would agree. Like, like Aladdin's the best one, and it was very different from the movie. What did you think of Cruella? I loved Cruella. I thought it was great. That's, that's such that a was great. Movie. Yeah, I and I'm also I'm also and it's maybe it's a little biased in me because it is one of my top ten movies of all time. But I also am a fighter for the Lion King. I'm really? a fighter for the Lion King adaptation. I am, and I know it's almost identical to the animated film, but there's also a lot of changes in there that people don't recognize. Um, but I think people were so hung up on it being a live action movie, but not a live action movie. <laughs> and that there's songs that take place in the day that are supposed to take place at night. And that Jeremy Irons didn't come back and voice Scar. Like it's, it's this whole Star Wars mindset of these fanboys coming after the movie for uh, just small pieces. When if you look at the film, the film's actually really good. It's yeah. actually a really good movie. A hundred percent. And I'm one of the few people that have thought that Chiwetel Ejiofor's scar is a little bit more menacing than Jeremy Irons' scars. I really because, liked him as Scar. Really yeah, he was really good. Mm -hmm. Personally, I I struggled with that movie, but in saying that, I think a sequel could be absolutely amazing in that style with the AKA prequel. Sword. Yeah, Barry Jenkins is making the prequel. Yeah. Oh, it's a prequel. It's a, a I think sequel. it's a I think it's supposed to be a prequel sequel is what it's supposed to be. I think they're going to follow Simba after the events of the original or the first one, excuse me. Um, but there's going to be flashbacks to Mufasa, Mufasa as a younger lion. Yeah, like Barry uh, so Jenkins it, like Barry two different Jen stories. Yeah, Barry Jenkins has described it as similar to being to Godfather Part 2. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be very different. They already cast, they cast uh, Mufasa and Scar, the younger yeah. versions of them. I can't wait for that movie because yeah. I had I that I, same. I remember I um, for the the Romeo and Juliet story. That was just my favorite <laughs> growing up. Lion King Two: Simba's Pride, really good, good underrated. Good so, Jake, I have to ask okay. you, you, you have a big um, Smowdown show. And everyone loves it. I must know. Was there ever a point before actually doing the show where you were like, you know, I may want to try out to see if I can actually be a competitor in the showdown? Uh, it. I mean, it, it always crossed my mind. Um, I had. I had been. You know, as we watch, we all play, right? Even when we're mm -hmm. not recording ourselves, and uh, we always play. But uh, in the new era of showdown. Um, before we started the show, it, it never crossed my mind because I was like, wow, these these competitors are getting really serious. The questions are getting a, little, a lot harder. And then I started le like legit playing like we do on the channel. And obviously everyone comes at me for for playing and you know when we do our reactions and stuff, I always do pretty well. But um, it has crossed my mind. Uh, I've, I've always been interested. Like, of course, you're a Shmonao fan. You always want to be involved, right? You want to... Like, that's kind of the goal. You don't watch Shmodown and never think to yourself, I kind of want to try it, right? Like, it, all, it crosses someone's mind, whether it's being a manager or or playing or a, like a desk host or whatever. In some capacity, it does cross your mind. Um, I think before I started the show, it crossed my mind more then. But since I've started the show, um, it hasn't crossed my mind as much because I am more comfortable... I wouldn't say more comfortable. I enjoy the commenting side of it. I I enjoy sitting behind a mic and critiquing. 
and and it's my sports background like sitting back and telling you know just for the lack of a better person and it's because he did just win the ig title i'm gonna say it like if mike kanowski sucked it up one day i'm gonna tell him dude you like you sucked <laughs> like i love doing that right um and of course like there's there's always gonna be that that little thing in the back of my head it's like well you could compete you can try maybe the fcl shoot a promo or something but the same time I am really comfortable where I'm at. I'm very happy where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. Um, I enjoy uh, sitting back and watching and then being able to analyze and talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it it always has crossed my mind, of course. And it always will be sitting back there. I know that it keeps getting brought up on our channel anyway. <laughs> uh, so we'll see, maybe one day. But right now, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's in the cards. So. Well, and speaking of the Schmodown in a different different way of just commenting, what's your perspective between this season and the last season? Which season are you enjoying more? This one is by far the best season. Really? Uh, it's it's best Schmodown so far. Um, and I'm gonna I'll take the live and digital aspect out of it because when you compare a digital season to a live season it's no question the live season is always going to be a little bit more the studio season because those interactions and like we saw with mike and chandri right like that like just the in-person interaction is what makes Schmodown. um but the storylines came back for a little while right they were great we had the chandri stuff at the start we had the Lord kelly stuff uh, oh, the yeah. andrew guy stuff was going on um i think uh, bringing Andrew Guy on the desk was an amazing call. Getting different people involved, like Steph Sabra, PJ Campbell, obviously in front of the camera this time. Bringing back Ken Knapsack. Um, there's a lot Jillian. of different pieces that have worked. Yeah, Jill, Jill joining joining the crew as well. Uh, I had to start paying her, unfortunately, um, <laughs> just, just to keep her. Uh, but no, I I think I think it's been peak Schmodown. I really do. Um, I think all of the players involved are players that are meant to be here. Um, I know that the format is going to change, but the eight faction rule is a lot more smoother than nine factions. Um, you know, we, for lack of a better term, we trimmed some of the fat that was there. Uh, you also have to add the FCL factor, right? It's involved in all of this and it's added another layer to what Schmodown is. Um, we have a couple FCL players in the league now. Uh, we have seen a couple of them, a couple of them have done very well. Um, but I, I do think that this has been the best Schmodown yet. Uh, best culmination of matches, I'm not sure just yet. We have to wait to see how the season ends because last year did have a number of great title matches and big matches that were very important. Um, and there's moments in years past as well. Uh, but I think that this has been the most fiercest competition we've ever seen in Schmodown. I think it's been some of the best character work all around in Schmodown. Um, and I think some of the hosts as well and, and getting them involved. Andrew Guy, like I mentioned, a uh, great addition to the desk, uh, allowing allowing Christian to kind of take a breather here and there and manage from the yeah. background a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I was to choose between the two digital seasons, I would choose eight over seven in a heartbeat. I agree. I Let me ask you this. Do you like the can as a fan, not knowing if you're looking at it from the outside looking in, do you enjoy the cantina matches or the collider in studio matches better mm, i think for sole purpose of room and uh accessibility i would say the studio uh 
I love the canteen. I think the canteen is great. I think it works out right. great. But I think the studio had a little bit more room to work with. Um, and there, honestly, there's there's nothing like that classic Schmodown desk, right? And I know the yeah. desk will be different whenever we do move into a new studio uh, when Christian's able to get something down for the league. But I think that when I think Schmodown, it's it's that red curtain and it's that that desk where they'd walk in at with their names on a TV screen behind them. Um, and it's nothing against the canteen. I think the canteen has been no. perfect. And I honestly, I was very surprised at how well it's worked because I've been there multiple times. I've seen it. It's not a big bar. It is, <laughs> it is a very small bar. And the fact that they can fit all that crew uh, equipment and fans in there, big giant kudos to them and how well it's worked. But I, I would take the studio for the purpose of how it's all laid out looks feels just the whole arrangement yeah i think on my on just design side on my end i love i'm being a perfectionist i love great quality and great quality uh visuals and like i know some people just listen to it audibly and that's fine but i love the visuals when it comes to this yeah i agree just i agree like like the the collision collision was uh unbelievable like what they were able to do with an actual studio in their hands um, I can't wait for the day when Christian's able to get the studio that fits what he wants and they're able to do that on a regular basis with promos and entrances and uh, and whenever this does grow even bigger because it's it's not stopping anytime soon. It's going to be very exciting when that day does come. What I could see um, Christian eventually doing for a studio is getting it sort of, not to say exactly like how you would see in like, um, let's make a deal or the price is right, but a studio to where he can have an audience and record multiple matches and it's always an audience and stuff like that. I could legitimately see him trying to get a studio like that. And so continuing with the Smodown, I I have this question of almost everyone who's followed the Smodown for a long time. Was there ever a season that made you go, uh, I don't know if I can stick with the Smodown anymore. Where does you nearly dropped off? Never. I've been a consistent watcher from the beginning. Um, it's to me, it's steadily grown each year. Uh, it's gotten better and better. I will say that because we so on our on our on POV for our patrons, we do retro reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once a month, we'll we'll go back and we'll watch an old match. Uh, it can be from any season. Um, I will say I do miss when. The show was, and it's, it's. I think the show works better now. This the way it is now. But I do miss when they were able to be as bonkers as possible, right? With the <laughs> language, with the entrances, whatever they were allowed to do. There was something about that that brought a very fun element to it. There are times now because it is so serious. And it's a very serious league, and rightfully so. They're competing for belts, and it's a, it's a, it's the professional movie trivia league, and it should be. Um, there are times where it's not as fun as it used to be. And that's yeah. what I do miss. I miss those moments. Um, and not to say I don't have fun, because I I think I have such a good time watching the matches now. And I think that what is brought to the table now is so much better than what it was a couple years ago or just last year. But there are times where I do miss the fun that some of these matches did have. Like we just did a match, uh, or we just did a reaction to uh, Mark Ellis versus Josh McCuga on the channel. Oh, and so that like you won't see the fun that that match brings in a match today because we have to stick to a certain timeline. There are certain competitors that only play certain complete competitors. Uh, and it, 
there's just also competitors that aren't like the Josh McCougars or the Mark Ellis's anymore, right? They're coming in mm. to win. They're coming in to compete for points and, and be an actual factor for their factions. Uh, that might change next year with, with the way that yeah. everything's working. But uh, I will say that the one thing I do miss is, is some of the fun that the old Schmodown brought. But I think there are times where it does exceed that and it brings it back and, and we do have it. It's, it's not that we don't have it, but it was almost like on a regular basis like three years ago. Uh, where it was so bonkers that you just couldn't mm-hmm. do what you were watching at times. Yeah. Do you feel that with them changing coming up, the changes coming up this next year, do you think that people are going to miss the seriousness? Because we, it's become the sport. And I feel like it's going to go back to more of the wrestling aspects. So when you do that, you're going to lose the sports feel that I think a lot of people have really gravitated to. Do you think that could lose you? Uh, I don't think it'll lose me. Uh, I do. I do think it's possible, but I actually think it's a change for the better. Um, and it did take me a little while to understand it and really get behind it because I do love the faction style. I, I really do. I I love the faction style of eight factions that are competing for a title. Um, again, I've I've said it. I come from a sports background. That's how sports work. Um, right. Team sports, anyway. Uh, and I I've even said maybe stick with eight, but you know, slow it down to like eight, eight per faction or six per faction. That's kind of what they're doing. Uh, But they're also going to allow the roamers, which I think the roamers can be a lot of fun. The free agents who are just out to play to cause a little chaos, have a little fun. Um, I'm, I'm very excited because it's a mix of what old Schmodown and new Schmodown is. It's kind of bringing the best of everything. Uh, And it also won't, it won't make you, make sure 96 people are competing, right? You only have to commit to so many people competing, which means we're going to be able to see a lot more of other players rather than the two or three times we see them a year. If if someone's not on a faction, we could see them six or seven times just pop up in a match during the year. Or because the factions are fighting for a title and there's only five people on a faction, we could see a team three, four, five, six times a year without even tournaments being involved because there's o- they're the only people on that faction. Um, which I enjoy. I, I think as much as I love seeing a lot of these players in this league, I do think that Schmodown needs to slow down and lessen the amount of people in the league to allow people like Saul or Hannah, right? Just as <laughs> examples to get more than their two matches or, yeah. you know, uh, what's another example? Someone like a Laura Kelly, who's only played twice this year. Yeah allow her to get five or six matches before a tournament happens, right? Like, we want to see more of these people. Yeah, or even someone... Andres just has one match. Exactly. A great example. Ace, yes. Or, or like Alonzo, whose literal first match this entire season is going to be in the tournament. Exactly. It it allows for people to compete a little bit more. Uh, They can have a random match that means nothing, but could mean something for the competitor. And they can also get picked up and play in a tournament. So someone could have like 10 matches in a year. And I think that's what the goal is to get the people who may uh, only have the one or two matches to not, not that they can't be in the league, but they're not going to be there to allow the people who are actively committed as much as they can be to get them as many matches as they possibly can be in the league. Yeah. Could you see where they get to the point where you have four matches a week? And each match is a different division. So instead of having five, four matches of singles one week, um, two matches of, of teams, you 
have a schedule where it's singles, teams, intergeekdom, Star Wars every week? I think there is. Uh, it would be a lot of questions. That's that where it becomes the issue, especially with Star Wars, um, being that there only is 12 movies. Uh, I do think you can do it with the competitors. The amount of Star Wars competitors we have, it's very possible. But I think it comes down more so to the behind-the-scenes factor of questions, right? If you're going to have tournaments, if you're going to have title matches, you don't want to throw away questions. Not that they're being thrown away, but throw away questions on a regular match that it can be saved for a match down the line. Right. You want to make sure you conserve as much as possible for the important stuff and space it out. That way there is no issue uh, with... Um, you know, so like let's say for example, you do have a Star Wars match once a week, right? We've have probably had just throwing a number out there. We've probably had what around twenty-five Star Wars matches this year, twenty, including the tournament, if that. Um, probably, probably around that. Yeah, we would have twenty matches just through April. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it, that's a lot of questions to get through, and that doesn't include matches like fifty-one fifty. True. So it's it'd be very hard to keep that pace of questions for something like that. Inner is probably possible. There's 300 movies, yeah, 300 movies involved. But I think it'd be very very tough for something like Star Wars to do once a week. Plus, I really don't want to re- have to react to four matches a week. So, I mean, I I've gotten to the point where I had to do that last week and this week, and that was yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You're brave, Eli, for doing. Look, uh, doing all that you do, man. You're brave. Ooh, look, I look. I really want to be in the showdown so bad. So I'm reacting to every single match I can. That way, I can just show a little bit of my knowledge, even if it's even if it's me losing by a lot. I just want to show. I know some things. FCL, man. FCL. Oh, I've tried. I've I've legitimately sent them a promo and. I had to send it through a link to where it expires after a certain point. They never opened it. So I was like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, you'll Goodness. get there. You'll get there. Do you think in Star Wars they should add these TV shows? Oh, that's, a, that's a razor, razor sharp edge there. Um, it it's hard because <laughs> I would say yes, but Clone Wars is oh, a ridiculous tough. amount of episodes. It's, yeah. it's a ridiculous amount of episodes. Rebels itself is also a ridiculous amount of episodes. It's somewhere you know, like around like 160 plus episodes or something, uh, or 120 plus episodes. Excuse me. Um, and then you include Mandalorian, you include Boba Fett, you include Andor, you include Obi Wan. It's like. Okay, where do you draw the line? I think if you're gonna, if you're ever gonna add TV shows, and I know it'd be like a like kind of a cop out to do so, just do the live actions. Yeah. Um, and I know some people would argue against it, and they would uh, will be like, well, if, if you include Mandalorian, you kind of have to include those other shows. Yes, but at the same time, not everyone watches those as much as they would the Mandalorian. Um, which also leads me to believe if you're not going to include Clone Wars and, and Rebels and Resistance and Bad Batch now, uh, I don't think you should include them at all. Yeah. Plus, also, like as much as I would love to see Mandalorian trivia, it is called the movie trivia showdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, and eventually, look, three years from now, we'll have one more movie to add to the list. 
uh, you know, with Rogue Squadron, movie. and and then we'll get we'll get a couple more movies down the line, and it won't be an issue uh, from here much longer. But if they were ever to do it, I think adding the live action TV shows is probably the best way to do it. But at the same time, if you add one, you kind of have to add all. So I'd probably say no. If I had a gun to my head, I'd probably say no. So well, now I have, with the TV question being asked, could you see, um, I don't know how likely, but could you see Christian eventually maybe caving in and doing a TV trivia showdown? I would say exhibitions, yes, not an actual league. Uh, not even if he could convince Josh McCuga to run it? No, there is so much television, and it's like a Look at all the television Ooh. history that's out there, right? It, oh, it's know. more than movies. It's and movies last two episodes for a, a television series, and some series have like twenty four episodes a a season. Like, look at Smallville, one of my favorite shows <laughs> oh, of all time. Yeah, two hundred two hundred and sixteen episodes. Oh, like, like two hundred sixteen episodes. So I would say probably special edition showdowns um, and not, it would be like a Seinfeld exhibition match or friends or Smallville or a loss. It wouldn't be a full division dedicated to it. Um, you also have to think of the manpower behind it. Like mm -hmm. you, you have to be able to have writers to do something like that. And people would not have time to have write questions for TV. TV is, that's just insane. That would yeah. be insane. This be is a side. This is a side question to that, and it, we we had this conversation in the Into the Schmodown Galaxy uh, video we just watched, or we just did, and we're going to do a poll and everything else. But what's your thoughts on the fact that in this last mic match they ask a ex extended edition movie, and not just? I'm okay with that. Are you? I'm okay with that. I I think it's okay if it's if it's out there if it's for for the public. Also, if it got released in theaters, then. I don't think there's a question about it. Like if it was, if it had some form of theatrical release, that's part of it. It's, it's just, and it's similar to the, to Zack Snyder justice league. There's two justice leagues to go off of now. Right. Yeah. Like if, if, if Zack Snyder's justice league is involved in the showdown, something like the blade runner director's cut or, uh, uh, the Wolverine director's cut, which is amazing by the way. Um, Ooh. Th those should all be asked just as much as something like the Zack Snyder Justice League because there's two versions of the movies out there, and if it if that didn't get a theatrical cut, even though I think it may have gotten an IMAX release, which does make it included, um, you should ask theatrical cut questions as well. I, I think that's only fair if you do it for something like the Justice League movie uh, or the Blade Runner cut or anything like that. How do you handle uh, Once Upon a Deadpool? Because you can't find that movie. <laughs> uh, that's that's that. I'm not I'm not sure about that. I've actually never seen it. I had no interest in seeing it. Um, I think that that was probably just a ploy to get a little bit more money out of everything, which is a total Fox no, yeah. move. But um, look, if it's out there, it got a theatrical release. If there's a question about it, I can't find you it. better know. You like you just it. better know. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like maybe maybe it's not on the list because you can't find it. And that like there there's lists of movies that or there there's probably a list of movies that are not included because you can't find anywhere. Um but if it is something that's available on a home release or you possibly could rent it somewhere, um it's up for the grabs. I mean, there's 
like if you don't know it, you don't know it. <laughs> and it's so interesting to hear this perspective because I had a similar thought. Like if it if they're gonna ask it, they're gonna ask it, but they could fall down the slope of like even the um, most recent Godfather Part Three re release they did, which was like a re editing of the movie. It was like, would that be a movie that could be asked about? I don't know. Possibly. Maybe. I think they would make the ultimate decision. They would probably discuss it like, okay, well, do we want to include this on in the list? They'd probably send it out to everybody and say, hey, this one's excluded. Um, also, you probably don't have to tell anybody it's it's not on the list because you just don't ever ask a question about it. Mm. Um, but then you'd probably tell everybody if it was included, that way they do make sure like, okay, we are including this because of this reason. And they would list like it got a theatrical cut, you know, uh, it's out on home video, it's out for rent, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So if it comes to when it comes to any of the types of matches you watch, do you enjoy singles, teams, intergeekdom, or Star Wars? What's your favorite types of matches? Um, <laughs> I think for my knowledge base, like the one that I enjoy the most because I, I know the most is IG. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the division I would enter if, if I ever did play. Um, but I'm also a star wars fanatic i always have been and so seeing what those competitors can do is very enjoyable but i also love seeing the the pure chaos that is singles um singles is a lot of fun and uh you see a lot of great competitors come through but there's also teams where i enjoy seeing shazam every time they come out and yes. uh you know it's it's hard to really pick one but I, i'm gonna base it off of what i know and what I'm comfortable with as far as movies. And so I'll just, I'll say IG. So what, speaking of certain point of view, what's been one of your favorite interviews to have done? Oh man. Um, I'm so glad this isn't live. So no one can pop in and say me. I know. Right. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot. I mean, uh, I think the one with, a recent one that we just did, and I, I was able to finally talk to him, was Coy. Uh, I've been oh, looking forward to talking so to him bad. for a long time. Uh, we had him on the show last year, but I actually wasn't available, and so mm. uh, Jill and Brian did that did that show for us. Um, and it's it's hard. It's we've done so many interviews. Uh, I and I know that she's a co-host, but having Molly Molly and Alex on was a big deal for me back last May before she debuted as our host. Um, I've been watching Star Wars Explained for years. I actually have been watching them since they were Star Wars Minute when they first oh, wow. debuted and then they changed their channel. Um, and so being able to talk to them was a was a very, very cool thing. Uh, they were very down to earth. They were very open to the idea of coming on with us. Uh, they were We were one of the first shows they ever came on. Um, I also got to throw my boy in there, Sean Sullivan. He was our first ever interview. Um, he, we have a cool story of how we met and that's how I became friends with Jill and that's how she's our co-host. Uh, and I've become really good friends with him as well. Um, I'm trying to look through all of our shows to see what, <laughs> what, like the amount of people that we've had on, um, Dan Merle obviously was a big one. Oh, uh, wow. not a lot of channels have had, had the chance to have him on and, uh, we were able to get him solo for about 45 minutes after he won the belt, which was really cool. Oh, Mara was always a treat as well, uh, just because I've been such a big fan of hers. Uh, and I, her run when she was a rookie is incredible. And then also, um, our Ladies Appreciation Night videos. 
and all the ladies we've had on the show, uh, I always bring her up. But the fact that I was able to have Rachel Cushing on the channel that I've started and talk to her was a very special treat. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, when Brian and I hosted the show solo, we had Brad Gilmore and Kevin Smets on together. <laughs> and they oh, challenged wow. each other. They challenged each other to a Back to the Future rematch. Um like that was a special moment. Like there, there's, there's really a lot, and it's hard to choose one because everyone's so great. And we try to, we try our best to take the characters out of the show and it just be about the people. Um, yeah. Of course, it's Schmodown, right? But we want to make sure you're seeing Dan Merle, not, uh, not dangerous Dan Merle, or we want to make sure you're seeing John Roca, not the outlaw. And of course, you're going to see a little outlaw in there always, but. <laughs> yeah. um, we we just we like to let people see those who are those people off camera. Like last night we had Chandru on, and Chandru was Chandru. He wasn't the chosen, right? He just talked about the match and he talked with us and he hung out and we got some behind the scenes facts and that's our whole goal with everything and being able to talk to everybody and and meet them after being such big fans of a long time and getting their perspective and just letting them see us uh, as individuals rather than the show a certain point of view has been a real treat and so it's hard to pick one but um yeah I, i'd probably say all those i named it's it's hard to choose one but yeah i mean kevin smets like come on and, yeah. and rachel cushing and uh dan merle and mara and the person that i'm i've wanted on for months now that we haven't been able to get him on is mike kalinowski we've been trying for so long oh, and he's been man. so busy and uh so that that's the one that we're aiming for next and hopefully we'll be able to get we'll get him one day but uh, we've, we've been lucky enough to have a lot of guests on and it's been a privilege to talk to them all Kevin, Kevin is great. Like as yes. someone that has played it, as someone that's played against him, he is like he's so he great is. to actually meet in person Absolutely. or face to face. Absolutely. What What was it like interviewing Christian? That was that was surreal. It was honestly surreal. Uh, you know, I I mentioned that uh, Jacob, Gio, and I, my buddies at Apocalypse, we met at an AMC party. Uh, they invited fans out because the channel hit 100 million views on YouTube. And they did a live show, a live recording, and we were able to attend. And that's where we met, and Christian was there. And so when they saw that I had Christian on the channel, they were like, "Like, look how far we've all come. And like the fact that you were able to have Christian on your channel to talk with him. And also the fact that he took an hour out of his time uh, – an hour plus actually to hang out and reveal anything he could to us. Um, also be on the show before we started also be on the show after we started. Uh, and that was a treat. And I've been a fan of his for a very long time. I've watched it on Jedi council. I watched him on movie talk. I watched him obviously collider live and Schmodown, And uh, it was very special to be able to talk to him and, and invite him to our show uh, for the second time. He was actually on one previous time. Uh, for ladies appreciation night number one, he saw Mark was he saw Mark was on our show. He because we invited Christian and Mark on, and uh, Mark, you know, he had some time to come on. Christian didn't, and I think Christian was watching. And he saw us announce Mark, and he messaged me. He goes, "Send me the link right now." And he <laughs> popped in, and he popped in for a little bit, and so we were actually able to have them both on together, which was really cool as well. Um, but no, it was a treat. Being I've been a fan for him a very very long time. I've modeled a lot of things after him. I've had a, I have a lot of views that are similar to him as far as movies and takes. And so for me, it was very surreal to have him on my channel and be able to talk about the thing that he created. So that's awesome. 
So yeah. with the a list, the list of people that you have interviewed, is there anyone that you haven't interviewed that you have like at the top of your list now? Mike Kalinowski is the one. He's he's definitely the one. Um, Clark Wolf is someone that I've always wanted to talk yeah. to. Uh, I've been a big fan of hers for a very, very long time. Uh, she was one of my favorite players ever. Uh, so, And I know she's not involved as much now, but I would love to talk to her. Uh, Andrew Guy is someone that I'd actually love to talk to as well. Uh, formerly, we've, had, we've talked to him plenty of times behind the scenes and stuff, but Mark Ellis as well. We've never actually had uh, face-to-face interaction, just him on the show. Um, that's, that's kind of where it starts. Uh, Sam Levine would be a big one as well. Uh, never had a chance to talk to him. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, some other people. I think that might be it. I'm trying to, th- I'm running through the factions in my head. <laughs> uh, Griff, I, I would love to talk to Griffy Nooms. Oh, Griffy Nooms would be a great yeah. character to talk to. Uh, I'd love to talk to him. Uh, Josh Horwitz. I've, mm-hmm. I've reached out a couple times to him. Obviously, he's a very busy, busy man. Uh, haven't been able to. I would love to talk to him, especially as a rookie right now. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. We've we've had the chance and luck of talking to a lot of people, not just on POV, but also Happy Hour, or other show mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of other guests have popped in as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the majority. I, I think Clark Wolf for me personally would be top of the list. As a channel, someone like Mike Kalinowski would be a top of the list as well. Um, there's a lot of them. I, I would love to talk to everybody. I would love oh, the yeah. chance to talk to everybody. So I feel like I Brother Lomas why. would be the hardest because he's always in character. Uh, and he he and Brian actually have a little thing going on too. So uh-huh. Brian is like terrified of him. Uh, like he hates like the whole priest thing, and like mm-hmm. he just he's like scared of it. And uh, Brother Lomas really plays into it and pops in our chats and will send. POV stuff on Twitter. He actually sent Brian a personal video. Like it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's pretty great. Oh, it's pretty great. You you miss it when we were first starting and brother and we were doing all the brother Loma stuff. I was vehemently speaking about yeah, I, like how much I don't like the Finstock Exchange because heels. And then he would just constantly tweet at us, putting like always putting random, like, yep, randomly putting my name on his tweets. I'm like, stop. And then I just made an entire thing of just look, brother Lomas. I don't like you and all that. And yep, yep. I even I even put on one of his matches, I said in the reaction, I said, if you win your next match, I will do a one-on-one call with you and I will apologize for every bad thing you said. <laughs> he has not had another match, so I don't have to worry about it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, it looks like we're uh, getting close to the time we need to cut out. But first off, Jake, thank you. Honestly, this has been such course, a good interview. Of course, guys. Of course. I'd like to interview again because honestly, there's so much more we can talk about. Yeah, anytime. Honestly, anytime you guys want to reach out and, and have me on, uh, we can definitely figure it out. I'm happy to come back and I'm excited to have you guys part of the community. I, I know it's you guys are new and fresh and you're getting your bearings right, but just like I found my way with the other channels, you guys will find yours. And Eli, keep crushing the reactions, dude. You'll find your Thank way. You keep, so much. keep doing the FCL stuff. And I, ha- I have a recommendation do a Google share drive if you did not do that already. Do it share I to do that. Uh, that one doesn't expire, which is why I mentioned that. So yeah, um, um, and now I thought about it. I'm gonna use some of my online trivia league matches as well. Maybe that'll help. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. I, I appreciate it. It's fun. Anything you want to support or promote before you leave? Uh, I mean, look, a certain point of view. We're multiple times a week over on POV doing a main shows on Sundays at six. 
and then we do re reactions during the week. Uh, we get a little busy sometimes, obviously, with the world's kind of si starting opening back up. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we're a little busy with reactions, but we're there Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, I do Apocalypse movies on Tuesdays. We talk everything in the world of movies. We don't just do news. We do fantasy drafts, and we do watch-alongs, and uh, we play trivia, and uh, we, we do all kinds of fun stuff over there. Also, I have my own little show called The Whiskey Jedi, if you're interested in uh, Star Wars and stuff that I love talking about, which could be, we mentioned it, sci-fi or uh, Indiana Jones, which is something that I absolutely love as much as Star Wars. And, uh, you know, vinyl records, which you can see back here. Uh, I do that show every two weeks. Uh, I also review whiskey while on the show. I'm a big nice. whiskey drinker. So if you're interested in that, check that out. It's a personal channel at Jake Berlin. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. I You'll see me on Twitter. At Quagon Jake on Twitter, obviously. That's where you'll get most of my takes. Um, but yeah, keep it up, guys. Uh, you guys are doing great stuff, and uh, it's, it's good to have you in the community. And thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. We'll see y'all later, everybody. Hope you all have a great day.